Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, welcome back to Ausbiz. It's time for your favorite and my favorite show. It's The Call. We are going to go through 10 stocks as nominated by you. and We've got two experts to give you the skinny on whether or not you should buy, sell or hold. Today, I am joined by Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners. Adam, good to see you. Good to see you too. Feels like we're at a bit of a, on a quiz show or something yeah, here opposite the desk. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and Bart, we, we also have Henry Jennings with us from Marcus today. He's not in studio. He's locked down in his Avalon bunker Ooh. for obvious reasons. Uh, are you okay there, Henry? I am okay. Thanks, guys. Yes, good to be with you from, uh, from the Avalon COVID Central. <laughs> yes, you've, you've really picked uh, the right place. To he's be. looking a bit pale there too. He isn't is. He? I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried. I'm very glad that he's joining us via Skype. Let's just let's just say that, <laughs> gents. Uh, we we are going to get into our ten stocks. Our viewers have sent in some really interesting ones, but I felt we had to talk about integrated research. This is a company that uh, has actually been around for a while. Adam just off air remarked to me it was a boring company, which yeah. I, I, I might take a little bit of issue with. But, you know, there was, wasn't the best of news released this morning, the company saying that it has lowered its guidance. In fact, it's now saying that first half revenue will be between 41 and $47 million. That compares to $53 million in the last half. Even worse, net profit is gonna take a real hit here between five and eight, and that's eight, five and eight million dollars rather, and that's down from just shy of 12 million in the, pre, the PCP. So that is not good news. They're blaming it on the Aussie dollar and also it's harder to get some contract wins over the line given what's happened in North America. Adam, a boring company. That's boring. pretty harsh, mate. I know. Who, what, a SaaS business? Boring? How could, <laughs> how could that ever be the case? I know, oh, right? Seriously, I mean, yeah. Look, you, you're right. It is an Aussie dollar story, and the Aussie dollar's definitely been moving higher, 75s, you know, and, and plus. So that is really, really going to sting for these guys because they, they are not Australian-centric. They're obviously getting a lot of that revenue from overseas. So that's certainly the one. Obviously, their AGM, I think it was in November this year, they actually anticipated for lower revenue numbers for this year, or so for FY21 and 22. Yeah. So I don't know why it's such a surprise to the market that they're potentially downgrading again because they actually said at the AGM, this isn't going to be good and we can foresee that forecast for revenue to fall. Yeah. So it all hinges on new products being able to come out and to really get the market excited. If you look at the chart, that chart's been sort of fairly ticking down all the way through and that just sort of, yeah. yeah, there you go. So August, you know, had its peak and really hasn't sort of, um, you know, sort of done too much. So I think that this one for me is a no or at least a hold. I'd like to get back to COVID levels of that sort of $2.30, $2.40, somewhere around there. And then you could definitely start nibbling at this one. But it definitely looks like that trend is moving lower. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying there. Um, I would also welcome a return to those COVID levels. And I should disclose I am a shareholder in this. So always good to get a different perspective. Henry, uh, Adam's made a very good point. It's about the Aussie dollar here. Uh, I remember at the AGM, uh, I think it was the CFO made mention that for every one cent movement 
in the USD AUD exchange rate, it takes about a million dollars off the the top line, which is Mm. quite sensitive. Um, What do you think of integrated? Um, I'm with Adam on this one, Andrew. I have to say I wouldn't be going near it at the moment. It's probably come a a bunch of downgrades from uh, some of the brokers. I think the, the issue is, I guess, how quickly it has gone from the AGM where they couldn't give any guidance to now where they're actually putting some numbers around it, which is, uh, I guess, more, more certainty. But we're just seeing the power of that Australian dollar movement and also the problem with supply chains. And that's not getting any better either, given the, uh, the, the problem that we have in the US in terms of COVID, Europe and Asia. So uh, I'd be avoiding this one for the time being. So it's definitely a sell from me. Uh, you'd have to say with the Aussie dollar heading towards 80 cents, you know, that's another four million bucks off the uh, off the bottom line there. So there's there's uh, there's 10 percent. So I, I wouldn't be touching this one probably until it gets down around those sort of uh, 280, uh, you know, 250 levels. So I'd be just uh, standing aside, I think, in this one. Just wait till it settles. No love, jeez, boys. You, you guys, you guys are tough critics. <laughs> I'm, I'm the host, so I, I get to throw in, in some two cents here as well. <laughs> this is a stock, ladies and gents, that has a 20% net margin. Net margin return on equity is 30%. The earnings per share these uh, has uh, tripled uh, in the last 10 years. Shares are up four to five fold in the last five years or so. This is in the last 10 years rather. This is one of those businesses, and I say this as an extremely long-term shareholder. I've been with them for ages. Every year something comes out about currency. Every year something comes up about you know one geography, geography not doing so well. None of it, to my view, relates to the long-term earnings capacity of the business. It's a business that all the brokers are forecasting up a single-digit earnings growth, and you're getting to buy that for a P of just over 20 and a yield of 2.5%. But I'm totally biased, so if, if you're a viewer, Pay attention to our experts and not so much to me. Let's dive into the 10 stocks as suggested by you. The first one is Galaxy Resources. And uh, James has written in here, look, shares here uh, have been on a tear this year, 80 cents to $2, which ain't a bad effort. Mm-hmm. Um, although, although taking a bit more of a wider view, shares were at four bucks at the start of 2018. Henry, I'm gonna start with you on this one. Does, uh, does Galaxy Resources pique your interest? Um, it does. I mean, 2020 has been the year of, I guess, the electric vehicle renaissance. And we've seen this before. We saw, as you say, in 2018, this stock went absolutely nuts. And as a result, went up to that four buck level. Everyone was talking about battery technology. Everyone was talking about lithium. And then, of course, we had an increase of supply and that killed the market from SQM. I, I think that uh, 2021, we could see a continuation of the lithium story. And I think we're going to see the push from Europe, especially with electric vehicles, gain a lot more momentum as if we haven't got enough this year. The, the, the missing link, I guess, with all these lithium stories, whether it's Galaxy, whether it's Oracobre, whether it's uh, Pilbara, is that the lithium price is absolutely dead and buried at the moment. We need yeah. to see the lithium price start to follow. Otherwise, the hype that we've seen around some of these stocks and of course, some of the deals that we've seen as well with Pilbara and AJM Altura, um, and also uh, West Farmers buying Kidman, and of course that big deal with um, the recent deal. I'm just it's just gone from my memory, but uh, over in uh, in Greenbushes with the uh, with the Chinese, we do need that lithium price to increase. So maybe we've got a little bit ahead of ourselves with some of these stock prices. But maybe 2021, we're going to see the renaissance continue. But we do need to see that lithium price 
actually start to move higher as demand increases. It's all great and good to talk about the EV story and the demand, but uh, we need to see the prices of the underlying commodity move higher as well. It's a hold from me, Andrew. A hold, okay. Yeah, I mean, Harry, Henry's really touched on some key points here. Mm. There's, there's, it's, it's a story that's very well uh, told, uh, yep. particularly this year. Electric vehicles, they're the future. They need all of these uh, commodities. CO2 reduction. CO2 reduction. They need battery technology. Yep. We get it, yep. right? Markets are very, very good at factoring in, are they not, you know, future potential. Um, so do you, as an investor, need something that's a little bit more of a nuanced view here? Or what's missing? You know, if, 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 if this is the reason why these share prices have been going up, and yeah. well, that was then, this is now, we need a reason to, if we're going to buy today to expect that to continue. Yeah. Is it just that we have to expect that the, that narrative gets even stronger, that the demand is going to be even better than we thought? As Henry has mentioned, that the price of lithium is going to come in. What's missing here? So it really comes down to basic supply and demand, like anything. Right. And we've seen in the iron ore market where supply and demand, where South Americans are sort of curtailing a little bit of their production, which means that the supply has started to move, but demand is still very, very high. So prices start moving in an orderly direction. Yep. We have seen it with some of the lithium producers now that they've started to curtail some of their production because the lithium price hasn't caught up. So we're seeing Mount Catlin or Galaxy uh, Resources at 50 to 55% capacity at the moment. Yeah. So they're, they're really... And intentionally. Intentionally at that doing capacity. that. Yeah. Cartel, if, you, if you'd like to call it. I but, wasn't going to say no, that. But, but I yeah. can. It's yeah. my last show this week. So I'm, I'm done. Um, so, yeah. So like I, I, think, I think there's that possibility that you can see those kinds of things starting to move through. And if companies are pulling back on production, which I think is the right thing to do. And it's a smart thing to do when you've got lithium prices potentially at lower levels that you can produce a ton or a, a gram or whatever they call it uh, for that lithium, yeah. um, then that margin needs to come back down. So that's the first thing. I think that that's the issue. And obviously the electric vehicle side of things, yes, absolutely, you're right. There, there is something that is, is going to happen with that. And I think the world Potentially, you're right, they're not just waking up to it. It's just becoming more and more of a forefront of an issue that's right, going forward. Right. Galaxy Resources just raised $160 million this year. So they've got full full cash cash in the bank. They're looking quite good. Um, and they're obviously going to take advantage of this European as well as the Chinese um, you know, demand or, or moving down the, the chain for that CO2 production as well. So look, I think it's a hold from me as well. Uh, you know. All, all commodity stocks will follow the commodity price. And if the commodity price isn't moving forward, iron ore prices rallied. We've seen BHP, Rio and Fortescue all going gangbusters, mm. all hitting up. But what we're seeing is the lithium price just moving sideways. I think it's about 3,000 US. Um, but it takes them around about 3,600 to make uh, these things. So there is going to be that uh, squeeze. And I think, you know, once that commodity price starts to move higher, then yes, you'd look at it. But at the moment, it looks a little bit dicey for me. Adam, this is where I struggle though. I totally hear what you're saying, right? Yeah. And so let's say there's a bit of a squeeze and then prices go up. Yeah. But you've also said that all these guys are restricting their supply. So won't yeah. they just turn the taps on? Won't that increase the supply? And won't the supply demand dynamics then, then again push the price down? Doesn't Correct. it work both ways? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Because Iron ore, I keep coming back because it's a nice one for us Australians to understand. Yeah. Iron ore can be found pretty much anywhere in the world, but yeah. the quality iron ore and the, the amount that is needed is pretty much Australia and South America. They're really the only two markets. You know, Africa does some of this kind of thing. Yeah. Lithium as well, 
can be found and in vast quantities in South America as well. Right. So, you know, they would need to really sort of constrict uh, production to really sort of get that price moving. Yeah. But it's it's all about the demand. And mm. at the moment, the sh- I think the share price is looking like there's demand potential, yeah. but it's not following through. So that's a sort of a little bit of a false positive here for me. Okay, fair enough. So hold from both of the gents there. Let's go to something a little bit sexier. Let's talk about Ordinator. AD8 is the code there. Uh, Will has written in. Henry, I'm going to come back to you for, for Ordinate. This is a business that really uh, captured the market's attention for a little while, but has waned in recent times. Is it something that, that you think is worth a closer look? Um, yeah, hi to Will. Um, yeah, certainly, definitely something for a closer look. This one is one that I've, I've looked at a number of times in the newsletter over the year. So it, it's a sexy kind of business, but it's also very COVID impacted. They do a product called Dante, which is used in the audio visual industry, very much on live events and those sorts of things, conferences. Um, they're redefining, I guess, the AV industry. They, they talk about, you know, it is to the telco industry what VoIP was, uh, voice over the internet protocol. So um, it, it is kind of groundbreaking. They have pivoted quite well, I guess, uh, during COVID. But of course, we are seeing further lockdowns in Europe, further lockdowns in the US, and potentially <laughs> due to uh, due to it. the Avalon cluster. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the Avalon cluster, um, that is um, could become a bit more of a fact of life in Australia for the next um, little while. So um, it's it's had a pretty good run recently. I've got to say it's recovered pretty well as the world's come out of COVID. I, I'd be a little bit cautious up here given the backdrop that we're seeing across the world. You know, we're all racing to go to live events and conferences and uh, concerts and those sorts of things, which is the bread and butter for these guys. But it is. Um, Brought with uh, some risks, especially at the moment. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably be looking at taking some profits up here. I must admit, given the run that it's had and given the backdrop that we're seeing. But uh, you know, the figures have been pretty good. The company is very much at the forefront of technology. But I just, mm. you know, it's just this bifurcation. I, I, I wrote this morning. I woke up this morning and read the headlines in Bloomberg about the virus and you know the world closing down again and even Macron getting uh, tested positive. And then you look at the Dow at. Uh, all-time highs, NASDAQ at all-time highs, our market going through the roof, and you just can't, and Bitcoin, and you just kind of wonder, are we, mm. are we all um, ignoring one and concentrating on the other, and at some stage we could flip. So for me, this is probably a take profits and a sell up here. Sorry, Will, if you're a holder, um, but I'd be looking to get out of this one. Oh, don't, don't apologize for a, uh, a frank and, and fearless answer, Henry. Let me ask you, that before I, I move uh, to, to Adam here, on you, as investors, we pay a price for a cheery consensus. And so, is, it, is, there, is there something to be said for a really high quality business, world leading product, super long runway, big market opportunity that the market is obsessing over what might happen over the next one or two years? You know, the, in theory, we'd say that the value of a business is the sum of all of its future cash flows. And, and you make some excellent points about the next year or two. But, but for longer sighted, and I guess it depends on your time frame here, but for further sighted investors, isn't that a lovely combination, a business that's being knocked around by short-term factors, but in all other regards is, is super strong? Well, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, Andrew, to an extent. I mean, I, I'm not an expert on AV technology, I must admit. So uh, I'll just sort of take this from a generic point of view. But the world is moving so fast. We have so many mm. disruptors coming in. And without a serious moat to your business, you know, it's possible that in a year's time that Dante 
the product that A Ordinate do could be out, outdated. They could be moving on to the next big thing. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the industry, to be honest. But mm -hmm. it does apply to a lot of industries. You know, it wasn't that long ago that Facebook started. It wasn't that long ago that we didn't have YouTube or TikTok. You know, the, the yeah. world is moving very fast. And what we have seen over the last year, over 2020, of course, is that we've accelerated that transformation. We've accelerated that digital transformation. Now, I don't know whether in three to five years' time, Ordinate will be the long-term winner from this change in the AV industry. But I do know that if they look as if they're going to become a winner, others will follow. You've only got to look at Afterpay and all that, you know, it may be the, the market leader and it's done extraordinarily well, but there are so many copycats out there now from Klarna, OpenPay, Layby, Sezzle, Splitit, Zip, Hum, you know, the world just follows. So yeah. um, that is the, the reason that, you know, for, for a long-term investor, yeah, maybe stay with it, but let's face it, long-term investing is really hard in a technology space that is changing so rapidly. You've got to keep an eye on it all the time. Set and forget especially is dead and buried. You know, I think Henry, has, you mentioned a word in there that was, is pretty much key to this discussion, isn't it, Adam? And that is moat. Yeah. And I guess maybe to, to follow on from his point here that, you know, the, the, the bulls might sort of say, well, where, where's the moat with, with a buy now, pay later business? Perhaps yeah. there are some scale advantages for the very large guys. Maybe there's more of a moat with Dante or not. What do you think? Uh, definitely. I think there is a moat and I, I think it's a buy. I think I'd be, I'd be holding on here and I think it's going to continue because Henry is absolutely correct in all of what he said. However, he's missing a, a vital point that it's not just about large venues. It's all about it's also about train stations. It's also about boardrooms. It's also about higher education areas. There is a, an immense market that, that, that is Dante product and what Ordinate can move into. We use it in our boardroom at Shores on all of our, our boardrooms. And there's nothing worse when you've got a large boardroom table, you've got one guy down the end and he's talking and nobody else can hear up the other end. Right. And, and that technology is fantastic because Basically, you can whisper at one end of the table and you can hear it at the other. So the technology is very, very good. Remember also that um, moving from AV or audio visual as well as, um, you know, uh, plug-in, um, uh, moving from audio to digital, basically yep. is what I'm trying to get mm -hmm. at. There is a huge market out there because everyone used to always just plug in red and white cables into their back of their stereos and things like that. That's all now moving into a digital space. So the moat is actually quite large and they've got some really good institutional shareholders and they really like this stock and that's why I think it's moved back to where pre-COVID high or pre-COVID areas there at sort of seven or eight bucks. The issue that they did have back in COVID, and we did sell a lot back then, and I haven't gotten back in, but the reason why was there's supply chain issues. Okay. I get a lot of their stuff from China, and they've now addressed that issue where they're actually getting stuff from other areas around the world because of what COVID's done and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I like this story. I think there's a huge runway for this business, and I think it will continue to move higher. Okay, so I'll buy from Adam a uh, sell, take some profits from Henry. Let's move on. Adore Beauty. Tess is interested in this. Adam, I'm going to stay with you. Yeah. Uh, for those at home, the ticker here is ABY. What do you think of Adore? 
we floated this one or helped float this one, so I'm a little bit biased, and okay. it's been a horrible float. So okay. uh, it, it's been tough. The reason why <laughs> I think it has been bad is that due to the fact that COVID came, and we're going to probably mention COVID about 20 million times in this hour-long presentation, but the reason for, for it to happen, the reason why, is that everybody changed uh, the way they spent because they went online. Mm. Now what's happened is, and you're seeing with a door stock price as well as the COVID sales, yes, People have changed. People have looked at the way that they shop and they potentially about 30% of their buying transactions now will be online versus when they used to walk into a store and those kinds of things. So for me, it's a hold. I still own some from the IPO. I'm still holding. I do expect this business to got about 590,000 customers. It is one of the oldest and the best run businesses in the online space. And especially it is recession proof with people uh, and, and especially ladies, uh, lipstick, makeup, cleansers, hair care products, all those kinds it's of things. It's actually called the lipstick effect the by lipstick, the economists. There you go, yeah. exactly. So annualized, this business will do well. It's a hold for me because I just feel that it's, it's, it's finding new ground. The only thing that was really an issue with this one that it was sold from private equity. And again, it's the old adage when you're doing an IPO, you never really take anything from private equity. And it's a lesson I should have listened to. Uh, but uh, for me, it's a hold. Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, Henry, what do you reckon? Um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, this looks like mire all over again, oh, doesn't geez. it? <laughs> um, I've got to say, you know, it's um, it's been around a long time. Private equity is owned it a long time mm. i'm not sure we talked about moat just a minute ago as well i'm, I'm not sure that this has the massive moat and, and as adam says people were buying lipstick and makeup and etc over the internet and have been doing for a long time and, and COVID has accelerated that but i think as we come out of uh, those restrictions we want to get out there and we want to do physical things again um i'm i'm not a seller of this thing because it's it's basically crashed uh, already but i you know it's, it needs to find its feet and at the moment it hasn't found its feet i don't think and you just have to beware of buying stuff from private equity you know it's it's just yeah. it's always fraught with danger these yeah. guys wring the last drop of blood out of something they're not renowned for giving you away the last you know 20 30 percent maybe with the exception of quarry with newix which was a, a, a rare exception but uh, usually private equity especially stuff in the fashion and beauty field. And I remember the Maya float with lots of pictures of Jennifer Hawkins, etc. Um, and lots of, it was a, a, it was a brochure rather than a prospectus. Mm, yeah. And I think this one falls into that category. If I had it, I would be looking at, um, at uh, <laughs> sorry, Adam, uh, probably moving on to, uh, to no, no. moving the money elsewhere. What, but, one thing um, that yeah, is no, not one for th me at the moment. One thing that is quite good with this one is that they do have a little kicker that's sort of fairly unknown with it, that they are going to move into their own white label products. And there's a concern that that will cannibalise their overall other uh, products that are on their site. But these guys have got some really good AI technology and they've been doing it for many, many years now. Um, so I really feel that that is something that potentially once those white label products start to come in, the margin on those is going to be a lot better. And there are a lot of the Revlons of the world or the, the, the lipstick you know, producers that are keen to get more product and it's all about volume for them. Mm. And if they can do it with a light white label product or their own product and put it on the shelf or online, uh, that will be a, a real game changer for Adore. So yeah, okay. I, yeah, it's a hold. It's a hold from, uh, from Adam. 
and Henry's not too excited about it there either. Let's move on. Uh, Adam, I'm going to stick with you here. Wham Capital yeah. uh, comes up quite a bit on the show, uh, actually. WAM is the code. Charlie wants to know what do they do with it? So Wham lost a couple of fairly pro, uh, pronou- uh, pronou- uh, prolific fund managers at the start of this year. And with all LICs, all fund managers, there is a huge key man risk. Okay, Magellan, Hamish, uh, you, you, there's, there's plenty that you can name that potentially might have some issues going forward. And Wham Capital actually lost a couple. And I think that's what sort of really hurt them sort of moving forward. I think that, that it is compelling and some value at this level for these guys. And I know Jeff Wilson, didn't he just take a, make a takeover bid for um, a telco, a Masim? Um, oh, right. Was it right, Henry, a Masim? Yeah, sure yeah. was. Yeah, so like he's got cash. Like, okay. he, he's ready to go and he's, he's looking for other opportunities. So look, it's a hold for me. I don't get excited about the fund management space, but there is, you know, we have seen these LICs now or the value LICs or the LICs that trade in those value stocks mm. all starting to move higher. L1 is a classic example. It was in the doldrums for so long and just getting back over $2, which was the IPO price three or four years ago. So, you know, these value plays are starting to come back into the fore. So, yeah, it's a hold for me. I do have some clients in this one. Um, their portfolios have returned or sort of 16 percent per annum so it's actually not too bad but that's on a backdrop of that value now starting to swing technology or the the hype stocks 16 uh, percent per up. annum is, is not too bad in your books so yeah right? i think that's great i think it's fantastic yeah absolutely so um look i think you know it has outperformed the asx it's just you know LICs don't have market makers in there, so it is at the whim of shareholders whether they want to buy or sell. If there's a large seller in there, they'll push it down. Obviously, it offers some value depending on when you want to get in, but also on the on the other side, if there's a large buyer in there, you can push it up. So always look at the NTA and sort of manage that expectation and trade around those NTAs. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, Henry, what do you reckon with uh, Wham? <laughs> I wouldn't go near it, to be honest. I have <laughs> okay. to say. Tell uh, us what you really think. <laughs> What, the, the net NTA, the, the NTA is a dollar seventy-seven. They're trading at two dollars twenty-six. So you're paying a massive premium for not even a dollar's worth of assets because they've got nine percent in cash as well at the moment. So mm, I, I don't know why you would be buying an LIC at a massive premium. The only reason that people buy this one is they love Jeff Wilson. He does an amazing job with marketing. Mm. It's got a nice big fat yield, which is pretty regular. So it appeals to a certain investor. But if you look around the LIC world, there's far better ones that are trading, or not maybe better ones at marketing, but they're trading at discounts to their NTAs. You look at poor old Carl Siegling at Cadence. I mean, they were trading at a massive discount to their NTA. We looked at long short fund LSF for a long time and made some really, really good money out of that because it was trading at a massive discount. Not only that, it was actually updating the market with its NTA every day. Mm you could actually see, you could track the movements. You could see the market goes up, the NTA goes up. This one, you get a monthly update, a cup of tea and a biscuit from Jeff every year and a pat on the head and told that you're a good boy and keep buying stuff at a a massive premium. I can't really see why you would do this apart from the yield and it appeals to that certain type of investor that is looking for the income and it's been consistent and you can't knock him for that. It has been consistently brilliant at that side of things. But... For me, if you, it's back to where it was pre-COVID, which is great. He has made a bid for a Maysim, which is an interesting move. Uh, this is now taking it direct. The big attraction there does appear 
to be the franking credits that Amazim has in its business, given that it's a phone retailer uh, for Optus and an energy retailer, uh, which is now they're hiving that off and they're, um, they're also changing the structure of the Optus deal and getting rid of that as well. So it's going to end up with a big franking credits, uh, which is obviously an appeal to Jeff. But he's, he's a very active uh, investor and he's very good at what he does. But paying $2.26 for $1.77 worth of assets, for me, I'd rather pay $0.70 cents for a dollar's worth of assets than some of the other LICs. Yeah, that's some pretty good points there. Before we move on, though, I have, to, I have to dig into this just a little bit because it comes up all the time on the show. Whenever we hear one of these, these companies, people talk very correctly about NTA. Is there a danger in purely buying into an instrument like this purely on the basis that it's at a discount to NTA? I mean, couldn't, yes. couldn't, that, couldn't that disconnect correct by the, the net tangible asset value dropping rather than the share price increasing? Um, yeah, I mean, you ha not NTAs are born equal. Uh, that's the thing. You want to go with ones that are transparent. You want to go with ones that report often. And you want to go with ones that have credible management. In the case of LSF, right. the long short fund, not only is the management credible, but they put their own money behind it. The directors have been buying. They're doing a buyback. In the, uh, in the very old days, and I'm going back to, to, to the 90s, there used to be such a thing as a sunset clause. And you used to get activist shareholders that would buy up big parts of the end of the LIC and then move to wind up the fund, liquidate it, and therefore get the money that is there. And, and that does tend to close up the discount. There are a lot of LICs that trade at a discount and will continue to trade at a discount. It's not the discount that I would argue with because uh, that happens. It's more the level of that discount, especially if they're transparent, especially if they're reporting on a daily basis. So, you know, for me, buying something with a, with a discount, with good management, with a good transparent track record of, of, of telling you what the NTA is, is so much better than buying one at a big fat premium. I know there are people that will disagree, but uh, over the long term, even things like uh, TGF, which uh, I was talking yeah. about at $1.20, I mean, Tribeca, that's done very well, that global fund in resources uh, recently. Uh, and, and even things like Thorny Tech, which again trades at a big mm. discount. And again, you can see the NTA of that very often. It's not quite as transparent because it has unlisted uh, entities in there. But uh, if everything's listed and everything's transparent, it's easy to track and you can't work out why it trades at a big discount. That for yeah. me is a buy. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly the answer I was fishing for, Henry. So thank you for adding that Good. extra Good context. Then. I was. Uh, I just. I feel as I. I think sometimes we we uh, are in danger of oversimplifying things, and there's always context there. And so you've you've done. And I see Adam nodding over there before when you were talking. So so thank you for elaborating on that. Um, so there you go, Charlie. There's the guy's views on uh, WAM. Let's move now from uh, to a to a similarish kind of uh, instrument with an ETF, which are coming up more and more on the show, and possibly for very good reason. This one uh, is for beta shares. NASDAQ 100. Adam, what do you think about ETFs to start with? And what do you think about this particular one? Uh, so ETFs to start with, I think they're a fantastic vehicle. One, because now we can get international exposure as well as domestic and, you know, whether it's passive or active, but we can certainly get that international exposure now on the ASX. And certainly uh, there's, you know, there's a couple of things that we've spoken about on previous shows 
uh, about ETFs and how you're supposed to trade them or what you should be doing when you're trading these things. But certainly ETFs as a whole are now a core component of my portfolios for clients because it definitely offers us uh, more exposure and what is called strategic asset allocation. And that asset allocation, then I can use ETFs to get that. So you mean pursuing various sectors, geographies, <coughs> factors, Correct. just all of with that. one yep. easy transaction. Yep. Well, then also, you know, property I can tick off, uh, fixed income I can tick off, international fixed income I can tick off, international I can pick, um, defensive uh, alternatives. I mean, the, the list goes on of what I can do in inside of client's portfolio to make it instead of just Aussie centric yeah. and you know, pretty much all Australian shares, I can now uh, do a full portfolio with ETFs mm -hmm. and that's and low cost, uh, low MER, um, and as long as you trade them correctly. So the first thing I would say about these NASDAQ ones or any international ones is that you really shouldn't be buying it when they open at 10 o'clock. Okay, basically the US market's already shut and you're just working on a futures market. Oh, uh, okay? I see. Okay. So really you should be looking at this kinds of stocks. Hong Kong, you know, when Hong Kong opens up at sort of two o'clock our time and then you've got the US sort of around about sort of two, three o'clock when the futures are pretty much a lot closer aligned to potentially where the market will open, that's when you should be buying these things. Mm. You shouldn't be buying these things at 10 a.m. in the morning on, on our market because really you don't really know how the market's going to open up. Also, you need to make sure that you've got a view on currency. Mm -hmm. Now, ETFs are hedged and unhedged. This one is, is not a hedge product, mm -hmm. so you better have a good idea about currency. All of these kinds of things, you know, we talk to clients about and we try mm -hmm. and work them. That's stripping all of that away. That's on the trading side. Stripping all the way, NASDAQ 100 has got some fantastic companies. You know, Facebook, Google, Microsoft. I mean, the, the list goes on. And you can see by the share price that the NASDAQ has been moving from strength to strength. Yeah. So look, if it, it's a buy from me because I like getting that exposure to that international market. I like getting exposure to those large uh, technology companies that are in the US. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And look, you know, you can diversify your portfolio away from some of the zeros or the, the tech stocks that we have to be, you know, these companies are the companies of the future. ExxonMobil was the largest company in the world 10 years ago. It's nowhere near the largest company in the world today. And NASDAQ holds a lot of those companies being Google, uh, Microsoft, uh, NVIDIA, um, NVIDIA, yeah, plenty of companies yeah. out there. So yeah. NASDAQ 100, yeah, I like it. Like it. It's a, it's a buy from Adam Henry. Uh, is it a buy from you? No. Okay. Do you, do you care to elaborate? I've got to say I will. Um, ETFs generally are fantastic. And I think they've been a great, uh, a great addition to the market. They've been around for a long time and they're a great addition to the market. The, the problem for me is not necessarily just buying the NASDAQ EDF because I think that is, as Adam says, it's probably something that you should be looking at. The problem is the level it is at the moment that I'm still struggling with, I've got to say. You know, we're coming to the end of the year. The, the tech stocks are at an all-time high again. Um, now, 2021, who knows what that's going to bring, but we do know that the Europeans are, cl are clamping down on some of these big tech stocks. We're also seeing the US clamp down on the likes of Facebook, etc. And we are seeing an ongoing Cold War, trade war, whatever you want to call it, between the US and China. Now, Apple sells a lot of mobile phones in China, and I think there's a risk there. Um, albeit a small one. I'm just, I'd, I'd love to buy this one, but just really don't want to buy it when it's up at these massive, massive levels. I'm just a little bit nervous. As, as I said to you earlier, you know, you look at the, the headlines on Bloomberg in the morning, and on the one side, it's the tale of two cities. It's Charles Dickens all over again. On the one side, you've got 
50,000 new cases in California and 3,500 people dying. And on the other side, uh, stimulus checks of 600 bucks are going to solve everything together with the vaccine. It's going to take three to four months to actually make any difference to those numbers. So for me, I know if we do go into lockdown, platform stocks are good stocks to be in. And these guys have got huge moats and they own the internet, basically. But just at the moment, I wouldn't be piling in and making 2021 the year I buy the NASDAQ at the high um, in December. So I, I'd just be holding off for a little while. There's a lot of hype in this market at the moment. Bitcoin, $23,000 plus. The Aussie dollar, 76. Iron ore at 160. There's a lot of hype and momentum in some of these plays. And I'm not sure I'd be piling into NASDAQ here. ETF is great. Uh, just timing on this one is my question mark. Okay, some good points. The best of times and the worst of times. Let's do a quick recap, if we can, for the first five stocks here. We started off with Galaxy Resources. That's a hold from both of the gentlemen there. They'd like to see a bit of an increase in the underlying commodity price being lithium. And uh, until that happens, there's, there's no reason to rush in there. When it came to Ordinate, we had uh, a difference of opinion. For Adam, it was a buy, seeing some long-term opportunity here, market-leading product set, what he describes as a strong moat. Henry uh, does have a lot of positive things to say about the business, but this does make some very good points that technology changes very rapidly. And in the next, well, in the short to medium term, there are some headwinds uh, with Ordinate at the moment, so it wasn't for him. Because we didn't get a unanimous decision on that, that is getting kicked out of the portfolio oh, yeah. that we have here at the call, which I will update you on in just a moment. We move to Adore Beauty next. Tess wrote in asking about that. That was just a hold uh, from both gentlemen there. Wham Capital, uh, a hold from Adam and a pretty decisive sell from Henry there with, without mincing words there. Just a massive premium uh, to the NTA for, for basically a bit of Jeff Wilson um, magic and, and not worth it in his view. And then we finished off the first half of the show, at least with the beta shares NASDAQ 100. Henry got some, has some, I guess, brought up macro concerns there with, with where we are at in the cycle. So on that basis, no, but generally speaking, nothing against ETFs. Uh, Adam likes it, uh, thinking it's just a great way to get offshore exposure. Nice and easy, but also some really good comments from Adam too how you might think about getting in and out of them, given some of the, the various uh, peculiarities of the instrument. So as I mentioned, we have a portfolio that we run here at The Call. If you're a regular viewer of the show, you know all about it. If we get two thumbs up from our guests, it goes into the portfolio. We will buy it at the close of trade today. Uh, if, however, we don't get a unanimous buy for a stock that is already in the portfolio, it will get kicked out again. That transaction will happen at the closing price of the day that that call is made. So let's have a little look at how we have performed. You know, I've been doing this show all week and that one week return was in the red. Really? Right up until today. And uh, we're going to end this week with green across the board. 1.3% for the week, 4% for the month. But of course, the star here being the FY year to date. Uh, let's call that 25%. And uh, let's be cheeky and annualize that for a 50% gain, mm. will we? Yeah. That's, uh, it's an incredible performance. And, and as I like to say, testament to the high quality of expert guests that we have on the program. Uh, what stocks have been added recently? Uh, Viva Energy got included, CSL, Nuix, EnviroSuite, and Hum. I've got to tell you, again, doing this show all week, we haven't had a lot of buys uh, in there. So that, that, mm. those recently added stocks have been, I think, pretty much consistent across the whole week. Um, 
Look, the devil is always in the detail here and we don't have time to go through it all, but you can do that quite easily yourself if you have the internet and you're watching this show, which means that you do. So just go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio and you'll see exactly the changes that have been made. As I always say, I think it's a great idea generator if you wanna see what stocks that our experts like in aggregate at least. So let's move on now to the second half of the show. Henry, I'm going to stay, uh, we'll stick with you here, and we're going to talk a little bit about a company called NetWealth. Jessica wants to know is it a buy, hold, or sell? I would put it, thank you, Jessica, for the question, by the way. I, I would put it probably in the hold basket. It, it's had an amazing run off its lows this year. And you look at the chart, it was down at six bucks back in, in March. So it has had. Uh, extraordinary rise. This is a platform stock in the wealth advisory business. Um, it's it's been doing really well. Good dividends as well. Um, it's in the ASX 200. It's just run really really hard for my liking. It has emerged, I guess, as one as the premier uh, platform play, if you like. Uh, Hub 24 is another one in that space, and of course you've got uh, Premium, uh, and there's a few others out there as well. And it certainly has emerged as the premium play in that that market but for me it's just run a little bit too hard for the time being just like to see it consolidate a little bit up here so it's a hold from me a hold from henry adam yeah i agree uh, i think it's a hold what we've seen now is you've seen them uh, these platforms nibbling at the big banks platforms or their old world versus the new world which is what basically net wealth and hub are at, at the moment, they're going to struggle to find any real growth going forward due to the fact I think that they're pretty much, they've done a lot. And we've started to see the consolidation in this space now starting to happen. Uh, Hub's now taken over the old managed account or trying to take over the old managed account business. I forget the new code, but it's it'll come to me in a second. Um, you know, you're seeing premium starting to sort of get up there a little bit as well. Um, there's not much, and really it, it's the big boys, Hub and NetWealth are the two sort of big ones. And then they're basically gonna try and take out premium. They're gonna try and take out some of these smaller plays to get a funds under management. Cause that's the key for this thing is funds under management. And that's how that they're gonna grow their overall uh, base as well as profitability. So I think that these ones have had their good run. I agree with Henry. I don't see them getting much more market share unless they then start taking over some of the smaller businesses. Mm -hmm. So that and that field is or that smaller business field is getting a lot smaller at the moment. So it's a hold for me. Two holds there for you, Jessica. I hope that has helped. Uh, let's move now to Service Stream. SSM is the code. Keith wants to know, Adam, what does he do with this one? And a reminder, this one is in the portfolio. Well, no wonder our year to date or, or, or our weekly to date is, is, is a little bit lower because you're looking at this one and wait till the chart comes up. <laughs> Because I don't, oh. I don't understand what it's doing down there. Um, I've had a couple of questions about this over the week. Henry, do you know why it's been sold off so hard? Yeah, I do. It's, oh, uh, hang on. Well, then, all know. right, I'll, I'll leave it to you because I've had a couple of questions and I really don't understand. I know that they've just rejigged re their contract with the NBN. It was a $70 million contract. It actually looked okay. Um, but I, 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 I'm sort of scratching my heads on, on my head on the terms of that deal and why it got sold off. But if Henry knows, then I'll leave it up to him. Shine some light on us uh, on it for us, Henry. Well, I, I think the biggest problem, as Adam rightly says, they did uh, shore up that contract with NBN. 
But the biggest problem was that they didn't get New South Wales and Victoria as part of that contract. Uh, uh, that went to B that went to BSA, and that spooked uh, the market. And now we've seen a, a flurry of downgrades. Bell Potter has actually downgraded this morning. Uh, looking at their research, they've now got a price target of a dollar eighty-five in twelve months' time, and they're pointing out the fact that as the NBN rollout basically comes to a, its conclusion, finally, feels like it's been going forever. It's longer than the Trojan War. Um, but as it finally uh, sort of comes to an end, then the, the maintenance and the contracts become more standardised and things get a little bit less frothy for the players in that. But I think that the major thing for them is the New South Wales and Victoria went to BSA. They got all the other territories. We hold this, unfortunately, uh, in our growth portfolio. and it's, it's caused some question marks as to what we do from here. Um, clearly, we were a little bit too slow to react to uh, to not have it in our portfolio. Well, you didn't have a chance. It was two days and it was all over, yeah? It's the third day didn't today. didn't have much chance, to be honest. Um, we, we kind of hoped that there would be a bit of a bounce after the first fall and it would be um, sort of uh, a bit overdone, but that hasn't turned out to be the case. I think at $1.80, it's, the damage has been done, as Neil Young would say. Uh, this, so I think for me, it's, it's a hold at $1.80 only because we've got it. If you haven't got it, it's just probably not something to be looking at at the moment. If, if it does show some signs of bouncing, then maybe, but really around these levels, it is a hold at best, but only if you hold it and you, you just want to, uh, to take advantage of any sort of uh, bounce. But otherwise, there's prob probably better trading and investment opportunities elsewhere. But it is very much predicated on that New South Wales, Victoria, and the fact that the NBN is coming to maturity, that's for sure. Uh, I see some good points there. Would you add anything to that, Adam? Well, since he's gone for a hold, it's going out of the portfolio. It is. So really but doesn't matter. But don't let that... Don't really let doesn't that matter what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it matters to the viewers. You know, viewers. your legions of fans out there yes, who, are, who yes. are hanging on your every yeah, word. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, look... It probably represents a little bit of value down here, but you remember, so it's a hole for me as well. Okay. Uh, remember, and, and rightly point, I didn't know why it had fallen, but New South Wales and Victoria, the massive markets, they are the most populated states, if I can say that, yep. not to offend anybody, but you know, they, they are, do carry a big fact. stick. It's yeah. a fact, right. Yeah. Don't, don't get don't get too offended by facts, people. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that, that there's not much going else going on there. So yeah, it'd be a hole for me. It looks like if it could break down, you'd see a dollar twenty on it, and and then you know. So um, with broker downgrades, that will potentially uh, have another fall from here. So be careful. Okay. Let's talk about a really cool stock. Um, not to be biased in any way, shape, or form, but Nanasonics. <laughs> This is one I know as a shareholder, full disclosure, that does divide people. Uh, AJ wants to know what you guys think. I'm keen to know what you think as well. Yeah. Adam, what well, do you reckon? Year to date, this one's been a fantastic business. And again, we mentioned the word COVID, but basically healthcare stocks have really held up really, 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 really well in this COVID environment. And you know, I think the biggest, well, the best performer has been Mesoblast with around about 120% sort of gains for the for the year and then Polynovo as well over 100%. But Nanosonics has done quite well up sort of 12% and to be honest CSL is the one that's uh, really sort of lagged that healthcare index as such. They really sort of struggled yeah. a little bit as well. Look I really like Nanosonics Trophon uh, product. I think it's fantastic. It, it, um, it disinfects probes and you know they have talked many many times about potentially disinfecting whole hospital rooms with their technology. So the sort Some of new products in the pipeline. Right. So, yeah. you know, all of these kinds of things are just moving forward. Um, look, it, geez, look at that chart. Um, can, I, can I just 
Yeah, very, go. Can go. I just brag for a second? Yeah. Because my timing it. normally sucks. If you I buy something, that is the biggest <laughs> bear signal that so you'll it, ever just have. Just tell me what you're buying. And I, I bought some in October and nice. it's on my straw man portfolio too. So it's full disclosure. It's all out there. But uh, it usually goes the other way, at least short term for me. So I'm, I'm happy to brag about that one. Look, I, yeah, I, you know, I think that these guys will do well next year. I'm a little bit cautious up here, but I, I'm going to say bye. I, I'm going to keep it in the portfolio. I think um, this is a fantastic business. If you know, they will. They, they yeah, their technology can be used in so many other areas. A couple of good more announcements, and this could start to break new highs. So yeah, I, I'm happy to hold. Oh, sorry, happy to buy this one. Just while I'm doing a victory lap here right. as well. It doesn't happen often. No, You've well, got okay. to celebrate the victories. I bought this at 80 cents in 2014, so I'm so close to a 10-bagger. There you go. Henry, give me some love here. Or, or, or better yet, slap me out of out of my little bubble if, if needed. <laughs> I think I'm Mr. Grumpy today, aren't I? Oh, look, <laughs> it, it's the beard. It's the beard. <laughs> Must be the beard. Um, Nanosonics. Um, I, I, Adam, your point about mesoblast may have come a bit unstuck today. They've fallen 35%, as you've probably seen. So oh, um, I had, but yeah, anyway. Yep, keep going. Um, so anyway, Nanosonics, great product, um, very much embedded with consumables in North America for their sterilization product, the Trophon thing. My only concern, and it's a small one, again, it comes down to COVID, which you know, for someone in Avalon at the moment is uh, very relevant. But you would imagine with U.S. hospitals at maximum capacity almost uh, that uh, these guys are going to see some disruption to their business. On the other hand, of course, uh, cleaning, uh, cleaning probes, etc., is a, is a massive thing that you need to do in these sorts of things. So I'm a bit ambivalent. It's just run really, really, really hard from that. It must be you, Andrew, that... Uh, has, has produced that run from that <laughs> pushing the share no, price. That's the opposite of what normally happens. I can 100% assure you of that. Um, but it, it has run really, really hard, and for me, that that's just a little bit concerning, uh, especially what we're seeing in the US. So I have got some uh, yeah. some reservations. I'll, I guess I'll still have it as a buy because we like the technology, we like the stock. We like it long term and it is in the consumables space. So once you've got the system, you keep having to kind of it's it's a bit like, um, you know, a it's, soda. It's a printer cartridge a model or the razor Correct. blade model. Correct. Yeah, that, that's right. So, you know, as you've got to buy the, the, the fizzy gas for your soda stream, for your naughty water, as my son calls it, <laughs> and uh, and for your printer cartridges, which cost more than the actual printer. Uh, this, this has got that consumable. So once they're in an embedded it's a great long-term story. So I'd just be cautious about buying it up here, but I think the long-term outlook is pretty positive for this one. So it, it, I know we can't do degrees of buy and sell, but this would be a weak buy at these levels. Um, I won't say hold because then you'll take it out of the portfolio. So for me, it's still a buy, but um, no. Let me let me um, clarify. It's not in, this one is not in the portfolio. Uh, so by you saying buy here, Henry, it will go into the portfolio. Let's do it, Henry. Let's get some performance. No pressure. Oh, he's going to go hold now. I'm, I'm going to go hold. Hold? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. no. Don't apologize. Don't apologize no, whatsoever. Apologize, I won't apologize, but yeah, hold. Okay, fair. Oh, good. All good. Uh, let's, let's, not, um, let's not dwell too much on the stocks that I just happen to prefer. <laughs> we have got other stocks to talk you about. You are the host, though, uh, so, Yeah, well, I've, I've got that. But unfortunately, I can't bend the rules shot. of... I can't bend the rules of physics 
And Guadam, Guadam is being very patient with me here, saying there is not that much time left on show. So we have to do right. a, a power round here. Adam, yep. very quickly, Atlas Arteria Group, ALX. Apologies, John, for, for, for leaving this one too long, but a quick view there, Adam. Uh, so no, for me, um, it, it, it's obviously an infrastructure stock and we do love, I do love infrastructure, but with lockdowns in Germany, France and the US, this thing will still continue to struggle going forward. Transurban's my pick in that space. Transurban, the better way to yeah. go there. Henry, what do you think about Atlas Arteria? I would agree 100% with Adam on this one. Um, it's it's a great asset they've got in France and elsewhere, but at the moment it's a bit of a struggle story, and you can see that by the chart. It's gone sideways, um, and uh, Transurban far better, especially with the number of assets up for sales. The, uh, the, the other part of WestConnect, they've just sold some US assets what was that, 2.8 billion bucks. Yep. So they're obviously clearing the decks to make a play for the other half of WestConnect. Transurban, the premier play in this sector. Yeah, fantastic company, that one. Okay, lucky last. Henry, while I'm with you, I'll stay there. Uh, OFX Group, o, uh, OFX is the name, it is the code. Edward wants to know, what does he do? What does he do? It's probably a hold at best. Um, not really one, I think they've had some some issues with some of the disruptors coming in there. They just did a deal with WiseTech in terms of uh, they, these guys are a foreign exchange dealer. Effectively, they can uh, they can foreign exchange converter. Um, it's had a rocky and volatile past. At best, it's a hold, but I think there's better value elsewhere. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. Then and Adam. Uh, yeah. Well, I'd say no. I, I, it's a sell for me. Uh, I've been in this one a couple of times and really sort of it hasn't done much. I think yeah, at the end of the day, um, the repatriation of money uh, elsewhere has been certainly cr uh, uh, seen as a negative and it's been cramped down by uh, lawmakers yeah, right. and, and things like that. Um, the, the Royal Commission in the banking really highlighted some issues uh, around that sort of currency. I think there's a little bit of a silver lining. They can do some more business to business transactions, which should do well. But even COVID, they didn't do well with people potentially losing their jobs and then not being able to pass money back to their relatives in uh, overseas as well. So it, it's a no from me. Okay, let's do a very quick recap and we'll put a bow on this show. Uh, we started off with net wealth. That was a hold from both gentlemen there. Good dividend. It's just run to hard frankly service stream was in the portfolio it's no longer in the portfolio two hold two holds here one from adam one from henry uh they just had a a really shocking um uh, announcement recently losing some uh, some work in new south wales and victoria uh henry making the point that the damage is probably done with an excellent neil young reference let it be said uh but at this point not not uh, interested to buy uh let's go to nanasonics there this almost made it into the portfolio no thanks to some blatant bias cajoling from your uh so supposedly <laughs> impartial host here but we got a buy from Adam. We got a hold from Henry. You almost gave us a soft buy, but not to be. Uh, Atlas Arteria, that was a two thumbs down, unfortunately, for John, who, who asked in. Uh, infrastructure, a lot to like, but if you like it, as far as these guys are concerned, Transurban is the way to go there. And when it came to OFX Group, Geez, they've just had a bad run and there was nothing positive to say, unfortunately, there. That is the show for today. That is the show for this week. We always enjoy having your company. A big thank you to Adam Dawes. Great to see you again. Last show for the year. That's I'm the done. one. Happy, happy Christmas Merry and Christmas. have you had a good break. Absolutely. And uh, also to you there in Avalon, Henry. It's been great to, to have your company this year and geez, good luck with, with safe, what's happening mate. in your Stay neck safe. of the woods. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy Christmas indeed. So remember, if you want to check in on that portfolio, you just go to that web address that we provided you with before. And if you want to ask us uh, about some stocks, we can't do the show without people writing in and uh, we love it when you do. So the, uh, the details are there on your screen. The call at ausbiz.com.au. The Twitter handle is at ausbiztv. We always enjoy your company and we will be back next week to do more of it all again. Thank you.